fearlessness. It's the underlying grit that empowers you to forge ahead when hope seems distant. It's the courage to walk through the fires of hell, knowing you'll come out stronger on the other side. Stay tuned to learn how to get fearlessness. I'm your host, Libby DeLucian, and today's guest is none other than Chris DeLucian, my husband. And welcome to the show, Chris. Thank you. So to kick off the new year in 2024, I wanted to do something a little bit different. And I wanted to call this episode Living with a Monster and Why. Because living with an entrepreneur is super difficult. It is so hard. And it's been a few years since we've been married. And I wanted to share some of the things that we've been through and what we've learned and how other people can go through the process of um, like learning from our failures, from our successes, what we've done, and um, also maybe share what they've done. So I wanted to kick off 2024 with the episode Living with a Monster. And I'm the monster, not Chris. <laughs> and just talk about some of the struggles we've had. But before we get started, I want Chris, just intro yourself. Tell us a little bit about you and um, we can get started. Yeah. So I'm Chris. Uh, so what what I do is I'm actually the CTO of Wood Recruit, uh, one of the, the companies that, that Libby does own. So I am working for her uh, to give you some context. Which makes it a little bit more difficult. Yep. And so we'll, we'll play into that. But uh, I'm, I guess, me at my core, um, I am a very, I'm, I'm an introvert, let's say. I've learned to be a little bit of an extrovert, but um, at my core, I'm just, I'm all about cognitive psychology, just kind of the person behind the scenes um, and just, you know, I'm a family man. Uh, so just really, really tech minded. And um, yeah. So what's your background? What'd you do before you worked for me? Yeah. So before, so before I worked for Wood Recruit, um, what I used to do, my trade was I was an audio engineer. So what that meant, cause there's a couple of different kinds, uh, is that I, I, for the last decade, uh, prior to Wood Recruit, I traveled, um, throughout the United States, Canada, Mexico, um, parts of Europe in, um, doing monitors for, for bands. So what, what bands just name a few. He's, uh, mo he's very <laughs> modest, by the way, in everything he does. So just name a yeah. few of the bands. So some of my most notable would be Kings of Leon, um, Dan Auerbach with the Black Keys. Uh, in Europe, I worked with Nicki Minaj. Uh, There's some had stories a, there. <laughs> had about three or four years with One Direction. Um, got to know the boys very well. Um, yeah. Yes. So um, he's very modest about his career. He's very, very good at what he did. And then unfortunately, uh, because of COVID, uh, the entire industry got shut down. So that put a lot of stress on our relationship. Um, and so, you know, this podcast is about business owners and where we get our fearlessness from and how we forge through, you know, the fires of hell to get through the challenges that we, we were faced not knowing how we're going to come out on the other side. It doesn't matter. We just forge through them. But that being said, like, um, you know, the challenges that we've come through with, with COVID and the, your whole industry getting shut down. And then all of a sudden we, we are working together. Um, so, you know, I thought that this would be a great episode because, you know, 
living with just for an entrepreneur to understand themselves alone is a challenge. But, um, you know, when you're, when you're married to someone or when the, when your partner or your spouse, um, is the opposite, an introvert or, or not an entrepreneur or a business owner, those can pose some really great challenges. So I wanted to share that because this took a little bit for us to learn and our, our marriage, our relationship and our work relationship has never been better or stronger. Um, but it didn't come with many, many, many failures, <laughs> um, and challenges. So, um, I have a list of questions here that we're going to drill Chris. And so hopefully this will help you, um, you know, encourage your spouse or your partner, or your significant significant other to listen. Um, or maybe these can be some tips for you as the entrepreneur to kind of simmer down or back down a little bit. Um, cause we can have strong personalities. We can be a little too direct or a little too harsh. Um, so Chris, let's, let's get started. Um, so <laughs> first impressions, right? When did you first realize, you know, um, I was that crazy entrepreneur and, you know, what was your initial thought? and or fear. Right. Okay. Uh, so this will be taking a step uh, pretty far back then. Um, because I know that when we first, you know, met and how we met, mm -hmm. um, we were both kind of working as our own, say, entrepreneur or, or our own, let's say, solopreneur type of environment. Um, at the time we met, I know that you've done businesses before then. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't until I would say, we finally, well, I finally got off the road temporarily um, in the job that I was at, and that would be in Maryland. Um, and then that's where you actually came and came to move and, and live in Maryland and try to kind of get resituated. Um, okay. And that started to shift into a new, um, kind of new industry, finding yourself okay. as well. Uh, I would say coming out of that, and then once we moved into Florida is where I started to realize it once so it's it's hard to really kind of and i, I want to break this down and you can help me out here because there's a lot that happened mm -hmm. in a short amount of time but i would say that through my journey with working on the road which by the way when i did audio when i say worked on the road i meant that i traveled on buses um lived in hotel rooms for about 80 percent of the year and so imagine 80 percent of the year i was gone from really gone from home life, gone from family. And so I think it was during that time when really that was where you were breaking ground. I was building. I was up all night working on stuff. I had businesses going. He was gone. <laughs> yeah. So I think it was during that time where, um, you know, you were just getting your, I guess, breaking ground with, let's say, the, the residential cleaning company that you were, you know, what is now Organize It. Um, but we had just in its infancy, got it kind of set up and started, um, you got it started when we finally moved into Florida, mm -hmm. um, and I was still on the road and I think while I was like gone and traveling and working, um, kind of coming back into that and then where I was trying to find myself after, you know, coming close to, to, to COVID, um, that's when I started to realize that, um, you know, that you started to kind of take your own shape. And I, it, it's, you started to become somebody who I wasn't familiar with, I would say. 
um, that I wasn't used to seeing because we used to kind of just always be in the same room together, always kind of spend time together. So you started to have your own thing going on. And that's when I started to realize that, um, you know, I was getting a little bit uncomfortable with, with, I guess, with who you were, or I guess not really familiar with what you had going on separate from what I had. So I think it was that point when I started to, to settle in from me being that audio engineer to kind of settling into the home life. That's when I started to realize that things weren't the same way that it used to be. Um, and I think that's where things really started to shift for us. Yeah. Um, for me, I remember that very distinctly because you were traveling a lot mm -hmm. and I was working nonstop. Cause, uh, you know, I didn't have to stop this is going to sound really horrible to cook dinner or to do certain things. Cause you were gone. So I could just work, 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 work. And, um, but when you would come home, like you wanted certain things, but I had gotten into a certain routine and it kind of felt not fair to me. Yeah. Like that I needed to drop the things that I had worked on and it was building. So it became a friction point for us that we didn't know how to get along. We knew how to get along better apart than we knew how to get along better together. Yeah. And so when COVID hit, then he lost, then the whole industry shut down. So then that posed a, like a time where we were together all the time. Yeah. And then it started to, we had to really make some life adjustments. So I'm going to go into another question. So our daily life, mm -hmm. right? How is living really w with a monster slash entrepreneur <laughs> affected, you know, daily life? Can you, what, what can you, how can you describe our daily life? Like, What's are some tips that we do now daily that have changed it for the positive? Oof. Okay. Um, what do we do now that has changed it for the positive? Well, there's a number of things. Um, and I would love to revisit kind of the other side of it. Um, the other side of the coin here later, which is kind of what was, what were the friction points mm -hmm. that we experienced? But right now, what made, made it work? Um, now is, I would say 100% of the time was date mornings, being able to spend that quality time with you where there was no work. There was no, there was no distractions. It was just us and our routine. And uh, if you're not familiar with what date mornings are, uh, what we do is we have a very set schedule. So every morning, um, without fail, we get up at the exact same time, exact same routine, um, 6 a.m. We start our morning walk. Uh, we take uh, what's three and a half miles. So we take two laps walking. Again, just me, just Libby, a uh, cup of coffee and our watches. We don't have phones, no distractions. It's just us walking. You know, at first it was a little bit, you know, getting used to it and getting comfortable with it. But, um, you know, we just, we walk and we talk. Mm -hmm. I mean, to be quite honest with you, that's, that's, it feels good to have that um, and to just be able to kind of like zone into personal time without kids, without distraction. Um, and it just, you know, it's, it's always there and it's always something that I can look forward to. Um, yeah. Date mornings have been great. And a, a lot of people have said, well, aren't, that's just exercising. And it's, it is and it isn't. So we still exercise after that. But, you know, a date is anything that you want it to be that it's, you know, it's set and it's consistent as with another person like and it's scheduled um so it could be uh date mornings or, or a breakfast together or sitting down and reading a book together it can be anything you want it to be it doesn't have to be a walk outside 
Um, that's just what we choose to do. Um, but it's the consistency of doing something together. And we chose mornings because we have three kids and it's like, no matter what we did and, and three businesses, no matter what I did, it's like something would happen. A kid is sick. Somebody missed the bus. Something's happening with an employee, a customer, something's going on with a customer, an update failed in one of the softwares. Like you never know. And, and so our days would always get interrupted by interruptions of the day. So when we heard about date mornings and didn't come from us, it was a Dan Martell. It was a, um, Marcel yep. from Parakeeto. Um, I would recommended it and it was, we were like, huh, that's really interesting. And so it's kind of that analogy of, of doing it before the day even starts. Uh, so there's no distractions. Um, sometimes the sun isn't even up by the time we go outside. And so it's a really great feeling. And it's where you can start to talk about whether it's business or it's vacations or it's trips or it's just things you want to do. Um, it's a great practice and I highly recommend it. It has changed our relationship, our marriage, our personal lives and our business. So I'll, I'll say a couple of things about that then. Um, I would say that without the date mornings, without us having this dedicated time where there's no distractions, literally no phones, um, is that I probably would not feel as connected to you as I feel because I wouldn't be able to hear all the little nuances of what you got going on, what's on top of your mind, and just in terms of business in general. Because again, me and myself, I, I've always been, you know, in a specialized trade, but again, thinking through it this way is, although there's nothing really wrong with it, is that I always worked for somebody else or I provided my services for another person. So fundamentally I was, I had never experienced being a, an actual business owner. So there's two different worlds that are happening. Um, but I would say that this was super, super helpful having those date mornings so that I could kind of look into your world a little bit and kind of see and feel the dynamic, uh, because what my perspectives are completely different from yours, mm -hmm. um, how I think about things. Um, and honestly, a lot of those talks, um, through the walks, a lot of debate that happens, but it's, it's, it's really organic and just getting different perspectives and seeing it from the owner standpoint, but also seeing it from actually breaking ground inside of the company. Um, it's just, it's really interesting. And I think that I've, I've taken a lot of perspectives because of that and feel like I can better connect with you mm -hmm. and understand what to do and what to avoid and, you know, what to look out for. That's awesome. I didn't know that. <laughs> um, so you had, you know, you had said you were going to save kind of that prevent the challenges for later. But that was my next question mm -hmm. is challenges. So, you know, what's the, the biggest challenge, um, you know, that you've, that you faced or that you feel that you face, um, that, you know, that living with someone who is consistently driven, like how do you face that challenge? Yeah. That's a good question. And that's a good question because, you know, in a marriage or in a relationship, whether uh, it's with a partner or significant other or a husband or a wife, um, you know, most of the entrepreneurs that I'm friends with, they're in, in that relationship. They're, they're not both entrepreneurs. 
And so there's typically one person that's the more driven person. And that creates friction sometimes because we're not going at the same pace or direction or speed. Um, so how, you know, that that's a huge, it could pose a huge challenge. And if they're both driven, that's almost a recipe for like disaster or like a recipe for, you know, it's toxic because two driven people, you could drive each other into the ground. But, you know, how do you face living with someone who's consistently driven by their business? Because I get this too, like with a lot of people in the service business, their husbands or wives or partners can't understand, like, why are you spending $12,000 for a course? Yeah. Like, why are you flying to Dallas for, uh, to visit Roger Wakefield? So I was on Roger Wakefield's podcast the other day and I was talking to Roger on the phone. He's like, Hey, I got a spot on my podcast for Thursday. And I look at crit or for Friday, it was like three days before Friday. And I look at Chris and I'm like, uh, well, I guess I'm flying to Dallas on Friday, Chris. And Chris is like, okay. <laughs> so, you know, how do you face that? So I would, I would like to say that there's a lot to unpack there because again, we've been together for, I would say about 13. How many years? 14 years. So, um, two seventeen ten. that's the, that's the date. That's the, the, the time that I remember. Okay. So that will be f- 10. Oh, t- 14, 14 years. years in February. That we've been together. Not married for, together. Yeah. But 12 years mm-hmm. married. Mm-hmm. But I always remember 21710. That's yes. for me, that's the most important, important part. But like I said, there's a lot to unpack there because there's a lot that happened in those 14 years, which um, again, there's different stages of our own relationship in our, in our own life because again, when I first met you in the industry that you were working at, at the time, you were at the top of that industry of the peak of what you did. Um, me, on the other hand, as I came in and I met you, I was at the very bottom. Uh, so this was completely counter, um, from each other, but we connected and it was great. Um, I would say that going through that, through the next couple of years, Things started to actually flip because it was then when you decided to make a change in mm-hmm. your life to basically sacrifice your career to help me to kind of start building the family. Mm-hmm. And so you chose to step out of your career into a new one, which was, again, you kind of reset back to a new, a new industry, a new career, um, back to almost square one. And that's when I was just building mine. Um, and that was again in Maryland. And then, you know, as we started to progress through, through, through more of the years, um, again, I started to become, you know, towards the peak of my career. That's when I started to travel a lot, about 80% of the year. That's when you were just getting started. Um, and so I, at that time, again, with the male stigma, felt at least like I had my place where I could provide and you know as you always hear it and repeat it through like from a from a man's perspective growing up you're the provider of your household and so that's kind of that stigma that I always carried with me of just making sure that I'm there to take care of you more so financially than it was physically being there and so that was a lot for me to grasp like to 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 kind of think through uh because once I started to make that shift once again once you started you once you became pregnant with yaya uh, which was probably fast forward about 10 years. 
um, that's when things started to really turn because that's when you were just taken off with this new career, which happened to be the cleaning business mm -hmm. and, the, and then the organizing. So that's when COVID hit. Um, I was trying to find myself because I was trying to get out of my own audio career to get back home with the kids. And through all that, um, I had to sacrifice being the breadwinner at one point, giving up being on the road to then learn how to become a man again uh, in the home to start to kind of shift into this taking care of the kids, being a family man, being there with you. Um, while you're starting to kind of, we kind of shifted towards you were then becoming the provider, the primary provider again with, with the company, it was growing and scaling. I was trying to help shift into a different role, contributing however I could. At some point I ended up cleaning in the company <laughs> yep. and tried a bunch of different roles, got fired from them, but, um, but what happened was that I started to lose that dynamic of being the provider of having that thing that I, I, I held as like an anchor to who I was. Um, and then I had to start seeing you as a person who I had to start letting go of being that person who was really providing, you know, that, that financial support. Um, and so for a man's perspective, that's really difficult. And then me also not being, let's say, as driven of an entrepreneur, uh, because I, I read, you know, I read a ton of books. I just, I love to learn, but at the same time, I just didn't have that same grit that somebody who, you know, again, the whole concept of fearlessness, Yeah, it's, it's having that grit, you know, without hope it's, it's, it's being able to do something you know, without needing to know what the outcome is going to be. Um, so that for me, there was an element of that that I didn't have as let's say what an entrepreneur would be, would have, but at the same time I did, but um, just you, you know, you pushing so hard in what you were doing became really hard for me because I was trying to figure out, you know, where the, where the hell do I fit in? You know, so I'm sitting here and, you know, I'm learning. I didn't, I would say that, you know, at the beginning, I didn't really help out around the house. I didn't really do much because I was trying to figure out what I did. You know, I might've been, you know, good there in, you know, at face value, but, um, there was a lot of things I was struggling to figure out. And one of those was letting go of the idea that I was supposed to be the man of the household, but I now learning about it, um, I had it completely wrong. Um, so I had to let it go of a lot of stigma, a lot of different things that I thought before was important to then give you the space to start growing, um, you know, with the career that you were building. And so, you know, I know that another challenge that we've had is um, the way I communicate. So I know many people that are listening to this that are entrepreneurs, we communicate in a different way the way we talk, um, how open we are sometimes, mm -hmm. or how direct we are. And so that really posed a big challenge for Chris receiving information from me or me getting information out of him. Like I would have to like pull information out of him. Yeah. Um, and so what are, what is something that you like, you feel that you did or what helped you understand the way I communicate? So a couple of different things. 
I would say one is, um, I guess through this transition, one of the things was, uh, and I'll, I'll be, I'll be honest is marriage counseling. Oh, yeah. Like I said, we've made a lot of mistakes. Yeah. Um, so just having that raw input of, you know, receiving what the other person is, you know, is thinking mm-hmm. with, without any, any filters. I think that was super helpful. Um, the other thing that, that kind of went along with that during the same time period was um, I did get a lot of advice and personal time with, with a close friend um, who was helping me through that time. Uh, and he was, he was, it's funny cause he was our, our financial advisor, but at the same time, he was also our, um, marriage counselor. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, one of the things that he, he kind of put, put me towards or, or provided for me was the, the book, the five love languages. Um, I would say that that was extremely helpful. I think I read it twice, listened to it also through, through audible, but it was extremely helpful to get perspective and to start to put that into practice um, to just understand that it's not just one way of thinking. It's not just one way of providing or, or doing things in the traditional sense of a marriage um, really had to, to work at it and, and to see, you know, where do I fit in this, in this puzzle of a marriage? And so I would say that that is also something that's really really helped out. Um, another book that I can think of that also helped me to get rid of a lot of the, the habits that I had hard set, which was all about being an introvert about, um, just feeling like I just had to do something or needed to be, be something more, um, was the courage to be disliked. Um, it was, it was a book about a Japanese philosopher and their patient, I think it was a psychiatrist actually, but, um, just, just talking through what it really means to, you know, just to be comfortable with this, this concept of candor in life and to just be willing to put everything out there in an extremely transparent way and to also receive it extremely transparently. So it's just, it's being willing to receive the information at face value um, and the whole concept of being altruistic, not really needing to do something for the, for the sake of yourself. Um, because again, we're, we're all by our own nature, selfish creatures. There's always some reason why we want to we do something. But I would say that just reading that book, the courage to be disliked was super, super helpful because it helped me to also frame my mind to say, look, it's not all about me or these feelings that I have, but it's more about the concept of community. It's all about the concept of this greater purpose. And again, the whole question of, you know, what is life that also came into question because, you know, I questioned myself as well through this whole, through this whole time of, living with you and getting, getting to learn how to live with you, but <laughs> live with me. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, it boiled down to me just having to get rid of a lot of these things in my life, these, these habits, which I, again, we were bred to just have this certain way that we lived through life. Again, 
through the traditional ways, um, male provider. Also, yeah. Like what you're, it's stereotyping yourself. You know, it's, it's what we do to our kids. It's the things that we say like, yeah, yeah, our five-year-old and she's, um, you know, I'll, I'll catch myself saying something to her and I'm saying, why am I saying that to her? Like, you know, and I'll say something that's like, you know, very girly. And I'm like, I, I don't want her to stereotype herself. Yeah. And so we tend to do that to our own kids. And so I think just, you know, breaking that thought process of you have to, you know, provide, you have to be the provider or, or in a sense, you know, if you're, if you're a man or a male figure, then you lose your sense of self-worth. Yeah. So actually that's a, that's a great point because, you know, in, in learning how to, let's say, let go of who I thought I was, I had to start learning who I really should be for you and the kids, because if I couldn't change, then I would lose it all. Um, and so at a certain point, um, you know, the whole, the whole idea of having, uh, what do you call it? The affirmations, mm -hmm. um, at a certain point, I actually, I put a, I had a, an iPhone background that I put for the longest time because I needed to see it every single day. I needed to feel myself yelling at myself to make sure that I put every ounce of effort that I could into changing who I was. Um, and am I allowed to curse? <laughs> oh, I don't care. Uh, but the, the, what I had in my background, I wish I had it right now, but, um, I, I put a, I put a statement on there that said, be a fucking man. Um, and this is so counter to what I remember growing up as to what a man was. Um, because when you, you when you first hear that, you think of a man being the provider, a man being, being, you know, macho or whatever, but I started to learn that being a man actually meant to be willing to let go and at the sacrifice or at the, to, to help provide for somebody else. So being there for somebody else's life. And so I had to have that in front of me every single day, um, just to be able to really change who I was. So that was a really important part for me. Um, and so, you know, one of, um, a very good friend of uh, mine and, um, he, he had said to me, um, that him and his wife were in marriage counseling. And I said, wow, like, oh, I thought everything was great. He goes, no, it is great. He goes, but why do people wait until something goes wrong to go to marriage counseling? He goes, I won't, I owe it. I owe so much to my wife. She's put up with me for so many years. I was a fat slob, he said, and he's gotten himself together. Like he's like his best 1%. And he goes, no, I, I want to work on it now. Why wait until it goes wrong? Let's work on it now. And I thought that was like the best thing I'd ever heard because typically we wait till it goes wrong. Um, and that's like an ultimatum or last resort is that we need to go to marriage counseling. And I thought that that was great perspective and has really not heard many people use it as a proactive measure than a reactive measure. Um, so I thought that that was great. So support systems, Chris. Mm. Um, well, this question kind of, you kind of shared it, but how do you support me, um, in, in the journey and, you know, are there particular moments that were tough for you? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, you know, every, every, um, you know, I've, I've finally gotten past that point 
but every time we would, you know, you'd go to events, let's just say, you know, you'd go, you know, speak at some conferences. Um, I would be, I, I think jokingly, we used to call me the bag boy. Oh yeah. <laughs> but you know, I'd be there as this other person. And there were times when I just, I felt like, oh my God, why, why am I here? It's just, there's, there's no part for me here. Um, you know, just, just this feeling of like, you know, what's going on. But, um, I, I started to really just kind of figure out that I had a different role to play and I was more than happy to let go of the reins of that other part of it. Um, because I didn't need that, you know, it was like you said, you, you are a very, very ambitious, very powerful, um, you know, entrepreneur with an extreme amount of grit, which to be quite honest with you, the most grit I've ever seen in anybody. <laughs> um, but I didn't need, I didn't have to need to be that person. Um, I had a different, a, a more unique role to play. And that would, that is, I found my spot, which is being that supportive role um, in other areas that I know that I can be great at. Um, and most importantly, it was just getting rid of the idea that I had to be great at everything. Yeah. So that I could give you something to take and run with. Yeah, I'm not great at everything either. Um, I think that one challenge for relationships, especially with the, say like the grit. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like there's two things that happen I see or that we've experienced or that I see in coaching other business owners is either the other person in the relationship feels like they don't understand why the other person has so much grit. Like why are you spending $12,000 on a course? Or they feel like they have to keep up with that person. Yeah. Um, like, do you feel like that's kind of, you don't feel like you have to keep up with me so much anymore? Um, yeah, not, not anymore. Uh, <laughs> I would say that before I, I did because there's an extreme amount of learning that you do. Um, and that's going to go into my next question yeah. as far as your personal growth. So how has living with an entrepreneur influenced your personal growth or perspective on life? Yeah. So, so like I told you before is I, I was always an avid learner, always an avid reader, uh, a lot more on the cognitive psychology side of it, which is more personal. Um, but it was, you know, through you and learning and growing and all of this um, and how quickly you're trying to get to the next level. Um, me trying to learn at the same pace I know is not, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to happen because I can't fake wanting to do it, but I, I want to emphasize one thing is it, it's not that I, I don't want to do it, but it's just, I learned that it's okay to learn different things or learn different aspects, you know, be comfortable with a specialization or a just, yeah, just bettering yourself in a different way. That's not exactly the same as you not cookie cutter, because, you know, there may have been one or two books where I would just kind of play along and just, and, and read, but it just, it just didn't gel with me. Yeah. And we'll read some of the same books, but we don't read at the same pace either. Yeah. Um, cause I cheat. I listen to the audio and read the book at the same time where Chris is like dissecting every word and sentence and I'm, I'm done with the book and he's like on chapter two. <laughs> yeah. But I think that that's, that's also important to know because, you know, 
we don't. So there, there's this, there's the worry about being on two separate tracks or two separate roads that lead to completely separate places. Um, and I think that was my biggest worry originally was that I wasn't going to stay on the same road that you were going to be on. And it, it provided this, um, I don't know if it would be imposter syndrome or this, this fear of just not knowing if I can keep up. And that just started to see doubt. And, um, again, the whole questioning of, of who am I, who am I, who should I be? And can I be that person that you want me to be, which at the time was a completely wrong way to think about it. Yeah. Because after learning about it, you just wanted me to be myself. And again, it's just, that's, I would imagine that's who you fell in love with is, is the person who did have that curiosity for their own thing for, you know, who I am is still who I am. Um, and so why not lean into that? Absolutely. Um, I, and you know, we, there's been challenges for us just in, like I said earlier, the, how we communicate, like, I can't keep my mouth shut and he doesn't talk enough. So it's just learning that like, I do talk too much. I have to fi- I have to dial it back versus, you know, I need to ask him more questions. Um, and I can't stress a- enough on that book. The five languages of love helped me because his love languages were the complete opposite of mine. And once you see that, then you kind of can understand why people don't feel or the connection um, or, or they don't understand why you, they don't understand why they, that it's kind of like that feeling of like, why don't you love me or care about me no more? Or why aren't you showing me attention? But in reality, you are showing them attention, but it's the wrong kind. And it does, it's not perceived to them the same way. And it's because it's not shown in the, in the right way for them to receive it. Yeah. Um, so the book is amazing. It really did help so much. So you know, we're talking a little bit of, you know, personal, like, let's talk about work-life balance. <laughs> um, you know, and, and you had said that you were scared for a little bit that we were going to grow apart. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you 100% that our mission and life together and apart is the same thing. Yes. I don't know if you know what it is. I know what it is in my head. I can say it out loud and you could agree or disagree. But it's 100 for me, it's to help business owners grow and scale their companies. Yes. Right. Like that is what I love to do. It's what every one of the businesses I have do. And Chris has learned, or he has found his passion with inside Woot Recruit sitting as the CTO. And that's what he does. Yeah. And he, you know, some of our Woot Recruit customers say, man, I think Chris cares more than you do. <laughs> and, um, cause he's just so invested and he's found like that calling. And so let's talk about work now with work-life balance, you know, do you feel that your work-life balance is affected by, you know, my entrepreneur endeavors <laughs> and how do you manage it? So I'm laughing. Let me, let me, let me ask the question then when you say work-life balance, do you mean your work-life balance in my eyes or my work-life balance when it comes to relationship, our work-life balance together, together. Okay. Um, it's a funny topic Yeah, because for the, how many, how much have we been working for the last like two weeks? Yeah. I, I, uh, I actually think that I was up until about 2am yeah. working. 
Uh, go ahead. Yeah. So uh, balance, work-life balance. I would say it's, it's really hard because there's, there's work and then there's passion. Mm -hmm. So I want to, I want to separate those two first off before we go any further. Um, so I would honestly say that we have a fantastic work-life balance and I want, I want to, I want to explain that Okay. because at, at first glance, you're like, what the hell are you talking about? No, I'm not. <laughs> no, I know. But just in seeing what we do and how much we work and from the outside eyes, they would say, you guys don't do anything but work, but this is what I mean by it. Um, work is the act of doing. Um, and what we've done with our life. And again, this plays back into date mornings and some other routines that we really put in place is that yes, before we used to have no work-life balance because we would just work endlessly until, until six or seven in, at night. Um, sometimes our schedules would overlap. Mm -hmm. There'd be a lot of frustrations, a lot of friction because suddenly I was pissed off. You were pissed off. Yeah. Um, and you could work from nine to five and still have no work-life balance. Yeah. So it doesn't matter how much time you work but or don't work. It was the synergy wasn't there. Um, things just weren't meshing, lining up. Um, it was like, who's cooking dinner? I didn't say anything. What's going on? Um, the kids, you know, are vying for our attention. Just a lot of different things that spiraled out of control before but we put a lot of things in place. Um, like the date mornings and really wrapping into the concept of the perfect week, I think was extremely valuable to help us balance that, that work part of it. Um, yes. And if you stay till the end, I do have the perfect week training. Um, it's actually a Dan Martell concept um, training as a gift for you guys. Uh, we'll have the link attached in the show notes. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, so when I say that, that was a huge part in helping to carve out what's import most important in, in the day and help to give that, like you said, work-life balance. But when you see us at seven, eight, nine o'clock at night, I, I want to clarify that it's not work. It's fun. It's also, you know, by choice. Um, because we have big aspirations and I had said this, I was somewhere just the other day and I said, you know, that four hour work week book really kind of ruined it for a lot of people. Cause they just read the title or the intro and they thought, well, like I can work four hours a week. Huh. And like, if you read the book and you really understood the concept, you would know that that's not necessarily true. And so, and this is why I love people like Gary V and Dan Martell and Cameron Harold, you know, those people work, they hustle. And there's a quote that, um, you know, Dan Martell, he's, I have him as a personal mentor. He, and he is, he says this all the time about building an empire. He says, for me, an empire, a legacy, building an empire for me is building a business that I never have to retire from, or I never want to retire from. And so I feel like that's what we're doing when we're working till midnight because we want to, because we're so excited. We want to finish this project or roll out this rewards program. It's we're building a business that we never want to retire from. Um, we're in the moment of excitement and that's okay if it takes you till midnight or if you want to stop at three o'clock today, Hey, go ahead. Um, and I think that is okay. Cause I think work-life balance is something that people chase, but because it's something you know, I'm, I'm going to get into time management, you know, time management 
technically doesn't it's a joke because you can't manage something that you have no control over like time moves at its own pace we can't make it move slower or faster and so to me life work um, that work-life balance is almost the same thing it's a perception it's what we perceive it as Mm -hmm. and so don't get too caught up in what it is or judging you know the grass isn't always greener on the other side just do what makes you happy or what works for your marriage or your relationship or your partnership. Um, So I'd love to add to that mm -hmm. uh, because it's again, you know, it's not as easy as it, as it, as it sounds because you have to build certain frameworks around it. And for me specifically, because I, I can be a workaholic and what I mean, like I said before is there's this, the separate act of doing, which is the projects and the, the, the fun stuff, the curiosity and, and other things um, is that I had to clearly define what work meant to me and how that fit into my life, our life and the schedule, which then wrapped around the perfect week. So I have, I have strict rules for my, myself, which is that it really helps to, uh, us to live better together. And that is rule. Number one is work wise. The, let's say the, the, the responsibilities that I have ends at a specific time and there is no deviation from that. And so I've, I've made this because I know, I know my weaknesses and I have to build some things around it so that it never becomes an issue. And mm-hmm. so for me, it's literally close the laptop. Once that I have alarms set on my phone, um, once those alarms hit, um, close the laptop, it's done. But that being said is off of that there's also the the element of play which is the projects i never work on the day-to-day or never work on what i would during the day yeah in the afternoon that that that's something that i've been very very um strict about for myself so let's talk real fast about because we're talking about work-life balance and my next question is around you know understanding and patience Because this question for me is, we can't work the same. So, you know, you know, how important is is understanding and patience, you know, in our relationship when it comes to the demands that I have? Because I think you had to learn that I have to work more than you. Because I have currently three businesses, Mm -hmm. and. So there are things that take my, that demand my attention beyond nine to five and beyond certain times of the day. And they just do. Yeah. Uh, And when you, you said one thing here and it's work more again, and, and leaning into your concept of the, the, what you talked about with, with time Mm -hmm. being finite, it's not that you work more, but it's that you work differently at a higher capacity. And I think that's where this plays in with understanding and patience, which is there's, again, and leading back into how I can contribute in a different way is that your work is going to be entirely different than mine. And so that being said is that I need to build my, the, the lifestyle around that, which is, again, like with the EPT book that you had. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you want to kind of explain that briefly. Uh, you might have a better way of, of saying that. Oh, but... it's the entrepreneur personality type. It's a, 
It's a really good book. Highly recommend it. I don't have it right here. I typically have it. But he explains the entrepreneur personality type. And when I was reading the book, I was kind of like, oh my God, like I felt like the guy had written the book about me. Um, but it talks about our capacity, our work capacity, and kind of like how our brains work and operate and how we can operate when we operate our, at our highest capacity and also what will affect our capacity to work. Um, but, you know, creating those things, I, maybe I don't work more. I, I work. And I think maybe that's why a lot of relationships, when I hear that, um, you know, a spouse is coming into a company to help. And I think that's great. And I've seen so many people comment on like Facebook, like, don't do it. It's the worst thing ever. I love working with family. Chris works in Woot Recruit. My son does the marketing for Organize It. My mom runs the Organize It office. Um, my sister works in Organize It as well. Um, she's helping us open multiple locations. Um, oh my gosh, I thought there was somebody else, but I can't remember right now. But um, I, I, I love it. I think it's an amazing thing because, um, but I think it, it, it's just a clear understanding and communication that they are not going to work like you and you are not going to work like them. Like work yeah. styles are different. And this is so important when we talk about couples, spouses, and partners that come to work together in a business. We work at different styles, speeds, or capacities. Mm -hmm. And, and, and leaning in further to that is the, the way or the feeling around how you work as well is entirely different from mine. Okay. Um, so I learned that, you know, I can't just, just because you're here or just because, you know, we're married and, and let's say we're working from home. I can't just pop in here and be like, Oh, Hey, I'm, I'm working on this. Oh, da, 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 da. Because again, your headspace is entirely different in terms of the level that you need to work at, not the amount of time that you're working. Yeah. So there's again, understanding and patience plays a big part because there's a lot of things that I've learned that I need to contribute with to help clear that space and be more patient in how you need to work so that you can be effective at it, I think is the most important part. Yeah. I'm one of those people that when I work, I like tune out everything. You could talk to me. My kids could ask me for something. The phone could ring and I don't hear none of it. None of it. And I'll say like <laughs> even, even the subtlest things of knowing that you have three lives to do webinars uh, for that day, knowing that, you know what, you don't, I don't even have to bat an eye and think about it. Um, I'm making dinner. Yeah. There's, there's no contest. Um, so I want to ask um, one more question uh, before we look about the future, but I want to um, get on a funny topic, actually. Funny moments. Uh, I want to see what, what you say, because didn't, I didn't share these questions with him before. Funny moments. Can you share a funny moment, funny or absurd moment that happened um, during our entrepreneur lifestyle? <laughs> during the, living with a monster, can you f share a funny moment? <laughs> uh, you're going to have to help me out with this because I think there's, there's a lot of funny moments that I'm trying to figure out here. Um, let me, I got to think through this. Let's see. Funny or absurd moment that happened. Um, or maybe your favorite. Well, I, I would have to say that early on before, because you were kind of building your empire 
and we were going out to events and this and that, and you started to become, you know, you started going on webinars and uh, guests uh, for other people. Uh, I started to come to events. And I think one, one thing that I ended up having to get over was, was that nobody really knew who I was, but every time I would be introduced or um, I would meet somebody new, there would always be the question that, that arose and it was like, oh, is this your son? <laughs> yeah. So eventually you're going to start to look old, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a running joke, but um, yeah, yeah. that poor Chris gets that pretty often. Um, it was a big, it was, it was more often when we first were together, but um, yeah. you're, you're getting older. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, at some point I just, I got used to it. Honestly, I started to lean into it. I started to play around and, and um, have fun. Okay. So for my last question, the future, you know, what are your hopes or concerns <laughs> for our future as business grows? So my hopes are that we can work and collaborate at the highest level together. Um, what I mean by that is that we both share a part in the big vision of whatever it is that we're building. And again, I also have some heavy aspirations with, you know, building my own things as well, but also still sharing that same, that same space. So I think my hopes are that we can be on that same level, even though we might not, not be on the same paths, but on the same level of sharing in that, that big vision, the aspirational, you know, entrepreneurial spirit. I think that's what I'm most excited about. Yeah, me too. I would say my concerns uh, and for me concerns are just making sure that I keep myself in check. Um, because, you know, as most entrepreneurs are, are um, you know, very direct D personality types on the disc. Um, I've taken every assessment that's out there, but, um, you know, we're not easy people to, to get along with. And especially to work with. So, you know, my concerns are that just I'm that I am self-aware, that I continue to be self-aware of how I act and how I operate in home, at home and also in our businesses. Um, because I don't want to ruin this for anything. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's it's been a challenge. It's been fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I want to thank Chris for being a guest here on Fearlessness. Um I thought it was a great way to start 2024 Yeah, is to maybe help others who are, you know, in business together, or maybe have a partner or spouse that don't understand them or understand why they're spending all their time in their business or why they're so excited or so aspirational or spending 10 or $60,000 on a course or for a mentor. Yeah. Um, so thank you for being here. So, you know, what's next for you, Chris, sure. helping to build an empire. Awesome. So I want to thank you guys for listening to our podcast. Again, I'm Libby DeLucian with Fearlessness. If you want to listen to more podcasts or if you're struggling with leadership and culture, we have a free gift for you. Just visit LibbyDeLucian.com or LibbyD.com. And also there we'll have that free perfect week course training for you guys that you guys can download as well. And we'll also have that in the show notes. That perfect week has saved our actually our week, our life. I mean, we've been using the perfect week for like a year now. 
Um, and it's absolutely amazing. I did a training on it. We've recorded it. I gave you templates and um, a download. So make sure you grab that from the show notes and sign up for it. So if you enjoyed today's show, please tell a friend about it. Thank you for joining us on our journey towards becoming a great leader. We hope that this inspired positive change um, in your business, but also just not your business in your relationship. Thank you.